Welcome to the Triage Thoughts Podcast. My name is Gary McGowan, and I am here with Paddy Farrell, the other half of Triage Method. How are you this week, Paddy? Some would say the better half, but look, that's just some people. Um, I am fantastic, as always, Gary. Um, it is a lovely 38, 40 degrees right now, and the optimal temperature for human life. Um, of course and having a great time I only have a small amount of time left in Boise and then I'm going on a fucking adventure for like three weeks Uh, so I'm enjoying myself looking forward for the next couple of weeks looking forward to the next couple of weeks Um, but I'm also looking forward to being back in Ireland especially because it'll be August then the only month in Ireland that actually has some sun Uh, well, yeah. Don't get your hopes up. Yeah, fair. How are you, Gary? I'm very good. As you can see, if you're watching, which you should be, because it's better to watch us, got a slitter in my hand because I moved to Cork, right? And as everyone knows, Kerry, despite winning the first All-Ireland in hurling, I believe, that's that's my only GA factoid, uh, we're not the greatest at hurling. So now that I'm up here in Cork, I'm being shown the ropes. So this is my, my uh, slitter. That's the crack. So yeah, I moved to Cork and uh, that's, that's the crack. It's disgusting. <laughs> and why did you move to Cork? I moved to Cork because I'm going back to college to study gender studies. Oh, fucking unreal. I cannot wait <laughs> start putting out articles about that i've actually I didn't, I didn't want to put stuff out because you know it's not one of our lived experiences and you know you're not allowed to write about stuff that you haven't lived your experience of course um so i can't wait until you actually get that degree <laughs> but yeah it is gender studies but they basically mask it by calling it medicine they say all right so medicine i'm, I'm gonna study it and see what see what's on the inside loop i did actually get by the way as soon as you, I got accepted into into the course, I got this this email like right away from from Big Pharma, who actually sent me a paycheck right away. It's pretty that's, cool, like that's pretty convenient. Like, they already just get you on the payroll yeah. from the start, like yeah. Because someone said in the la- that in the last podcast we were we supposedly said that, that you should trust your doctor, and then I ha- I just happened to also get into medicine. So someone wrote to me and they were like, ah, so that's why you said that on the podcast. I'm a shill. I'm a shill. That's what I always say as well. Like we're just realistically, we've always been shill. Anyone in the health and fitness industry is, has always been a shill for big pharma. Like if they tell you otherwise, they're lying to you. Because like you think about it, like especially with this whole stuff where they push like this bodybuilding kind of narrative. Like all we're trying to do is sell more Trembolone, you know, sell more steroids. Pharma makes a killing, which is actually really, really funny because you'll see a lot of people saying like, "Don't trust your doctor." They all just are sponsored by big pharma, and then they're literally running grams of steroids i'm like you you realize you get this from big pharma so if anything you you are the shill you you are the one that's financing big pharma but anyway i digress gary what are we going to talk about today we're going to talk about um goal setting realistic goal setting what that should look like and how comparison can often be the thief of joy so that's that's today's podcast yeah, and the reason we want to talk about this is because we've actually said it on numerous podcasts where it's like, oh, yeah, like always, depending on your goals, depending on your goals, you know, and we've mentioned goals hundreds of times, right? But also, 
I feel like people don't actually understand what that means because people end up having all of the goals and none of the goals. And we've talked about this before. And this is also a consequence or we'll call it a, a side effect that can actually de- derail you of that kind of generalist mindset we were talking about. I think it was the last day, was it? Anyway, one in the podcast, that kind of generalist mindset where you, you can have this generalist mindset and this generalist goal, but as a result, you can end up with a ridiculous amount of goals and have no actual goals, if that makes sense. You know, where you're like, oh, well, I want to be good at this and I want to be good at this and I want to be good at this, but I'm not sure of like how to actually set that up in terms of my hierarchy of those goals or how to go about achieving those goals or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I feel like a discussion around goal setting and what that actually means and what that actually looks like at the individual level and also the kind of bigger picture level helps a lot of people actually start thinking these things through and then also putting in place a a a proper structure to again think and act their thoughts through so goal setting gary if you have a client that comes to you how, how do you start this process of goal setting okay because obviously we have a a pretty comprehensive intake form for our for our clients so we can already get a a picture an idea of what they're trying to achieve what they're they want to do and like the way one of the ways we do that is have this kind of ranking system where it's like these are some general goals you know fat loss muscle gain you know sports specific whatever right and just get people to rank them be like what are the actual what's the order of what you want to achieve you know what's the most important thing to you right now and we're kind of going to get to that in a second we talk about like shorter term goals and longer term goals but that's how we kind of start that process but obviously that's only the start of the process because it's a communication coaching is always a communication where you actually have to engage with the individual and then start getting that feedback and start tweaking things because quite often and you've seen this play out as well in the 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 political world the philosophical world or whatever the fuck you want to call it uh, where people say things but they act different things or people say they want something but they act completely dichotomous like you'll see this as well like for example celebrities they'll be on they'll bang on about climate change They're like oh climate change climate change it's such a bad thing blah 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 but then they'll take private jets to these climate change summit you know it's like okay well that's that's fundamentally dichotomous to what you're preaching or you'll see them as well say stuff like oh guns are bad guns are wrong whatever the fuck right but then they'll also have movies that promote gun violence where it's like, oh yeah, I have no problem starring in Rambo and killing fucking thousands of people with just a fucking gun, you know? It's like, okay, well that makes no sense. And then they also have security guards that have guns. So it's like, your, your actions are not the same as what you're saying, right? So you see this a lot everywhere, but you see this a huge amount in the fitness industry. Because people say they want things, but they don't act out those things and it's it's kind of like they they say these things because they know it's what people want to hear or it's what they think they should have as a when in reality they want something else you know so how do you kind of start that process of actually you know deciphering the, the goal of the individual like like how do we get this this process started yeah so firstly like 
our, our questionnaire is definitely something that does help a lot because essentially what we do in our questionnaire, um, and this is something like if you're a coach, it's worth considering. If you're an individual, it's a good test for yourself. Like we have like seven options, I think it is, of the things that you could potentially want to get out of the coaching process. So for example, health, muscle gain, fat loss, uh, strength, sport specific, weight gain, um, and maybe a couple of others. But they're, they're, they're like the main things. And then what we try and get people to do is rank them in that order of like one to seven or one to eight or whatever it is. So then you can kind of really get a feel for, right, like what, what's this person actually, what, what's their real priority? Because very often what I see in almost like, like a, lot, a lot of questionnaires is like one, two, and three will always be like muscle gain, fat loss, and health. Like that, that they're nearly always the ones that come up. And then what you often, what's often elaborated on in the email, and I'm, I'm just bringing this up because I actually had a client who just started up yesterday and he's a good case example, you know, a type of guy who is in a place where he knows he wants to get bigger over time. He knows he wants to gain muscle, but he's also at a point in terms of body fat where he's like, I'm actually not comfortable with my level of body fat. I would like to be leaner. So that, like, that's the position that most people, male and female, do find themselves in. It's like, yeah, I do want to be bigger, but I also want to be leaner because um, you want they want that like fitness model like physique. So there, you know, as we've talked about before, and as we'll be talking about in an upcoming podcast, you can end up spinning your wheels if you have no goals. So what I what I did in that case with him was essentially mapped out our first 12 weeks of the rough trajectory that, that we might take, okay? So what I said was, you know, for the first four to six weeks, we'll get a little win under our belt, get, get some buy-in, get you motivated by actually chasing that fat loss first. You know, getting a little bit of that out of the way so you're enjoying that process where we're figuring out what training might look like, figuring out, you know, getting to know him better and stuff like that. And then we'll begin to transition towards that muscle, that muscle gain goal from a nice lean starting point. So... We're kind of taking his goals, we're taking all of them, we're considering them, and then we're putting them into place like on some sort of trajectory. Because that's ultimately what you need and what most people lack is, is just like following one path or following some sort of path. Because once you're moving towards your destination, like you're going good. Like at the end of the day, there is no perfect ratio of like if we stick with the kind of physique related goal, there's no perfect ratio of like how long you spend dieting, how often you diet, how long you spend bulking. It's like that, that they're not the important things. The ultimate, the ultimate goal is to get to that end point. And there's many, many ways of going about that. Like you could, you could make the argument, like it's, it's, it's probably not the best option that you diet for a week, you bulk for two weeks, you diet for a week, you bulk for two weeks. Like you can get, you can get progress with that. It's probably not the, the best structure, you know, in terms of consistency and stuff, but you could, you might see similar outcomes to if you were, you know, dieting and bulking over longer periods of time, you know. So, so these these are the types of things that people get really lost with, and um, very often because they're, you know, you expose yourself to different views on social media, and the thing is, lots of them are often right, you know. As in, I follow, I follow multiple different people who would have very di- very different training philosophies, but it's kind of just a philosophy, and when you look at it in practice, it's like. A lot of this stuff is actually very similar. You know, we're, we're all getting somewhere. We're all moving forward. Like no one's doing anything that ridiculous. But as a, as a trainee, as an observer who might not understand um, maybe what the research says or, or, or what, the, what the fundamental um, active ingredient, you could say, of, of making that progress is, if they don't understand that, they can get lost thinking, 
oh no, I've got to do, I've got to do mini cuts, you know, bad long cuts are bad. Or, you know, you can only, you should only diet for long periods of time. You should never diet rapidly or, you know, it's all about mini bulks or it's all about, you know, dirty bulking, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we can all get, get progress with these different methods, but you, you need some sort of path and to then, you know, stick to it. And, and that's, that's the hard part, especially in the noise of social media where you're presenting new options all the time. So, so yeah, we, in summary, like what we try and do, we try and rank order the person's preferences, set out some sort of path. And like often as well, it ends up with potentially reconsidering some of those goals because that happens a lot of the time where someone initially states their goal, but in conversation then week to week, I kind of get a different feel of like what, what really matters to them. And that like that first, that first kind of thing that they expressed maybe they weren't totally comfortable with their new coach, you know, to, to really express what really bothered them. And that's where coaching becomes, you know, more, more so coaching. So, so yeah. Yeah. And I think this is the, the hardest thing for an individual to do themselves, right? Because, well, it's actually about the easiest thing and the hardest thing to do for yourself, right? Because setting your sights on a specific goal can be an incredibly easy thing to do. Right, but it can also be the most nuanced and difficult thing to do as well. And what I mean by that is, like, you could have a very clear goal in your mind. You know, like you could be like, I want to be an Olympian. You know, I want to be an Olympian in I don't know, fucking judo or something. Right? You're like, that's that's what I want. Right? So you have this clear totem where you're like that's that's exactly what i'm aiming for right and this is this is why you'll find people that have like a sporting background or people who are in, currently engaged in sports or whatever have seem to have an easier time with we'll say health and diet and all that kind of stuff because it's like they have they have this guiding light they have they know exactly what they're aiming towards right now the process of going about that yeah that might be difficult and it might be kind of like you know very individualized and you know potentially wrong in some areas and potentially great in some areas and there's all this kind of wishy-washy stuff on that path but they, they at least know where they're aiming towards right but for the general public you can kind of be left looking at four different points and kind of going like i, I kind of want to go to all of them you know and what we find is is best is kind of what Gary said there, where you kind of look at one of them at a time, where you kind of go, okay, so we, we've kind of got this where you're like, you've got these top five goals, we'll say, and these top three goals, and this top one goal, right? So looking at things, yes, you might say, we'll say getting a, a cover model physique is your ultimate goal. You want to look like a, a guy or a girl that would be a cover model in a fitness magazine, right? That's your ultimate goal. So what needs to happen first is this kind of critical evaluation of where you are at. And then that kind of starts the process of looking at this longer term mapping out of a path, you know? So like Gary said, you might say that your ultimate goal is muscle gain, right? And then one of your subsequent goals down below is fat loss. But we look at where you're at at the moment, right? And we see you're at that kind of, we'll say as a guy, 16 to 20% body fat right? And you're kind of not happy with your body fat at that level. And you're looking, maybe you read some of our articles, maybe you've read or listened to other people and they're like, yeah, this is maybe not the most optimal body fat percentage to be at for building muscle, 
right? Or health in general. So you're kind of like, yeah, like I also haven't feeling great in my physique. So maybe losing some weight would be a good idea. But I also want to be jacked. You know, I want to be bigger. And you know, you need to eat in a calorie surplus to build muscle, gain muscle. So I'm kind of looking at these two things and I, I kind of want both, but I don't know how to really start maneuvering and setting this path up to get me where I ultimately want to be. Right. And this is also because people generally like to think that all progress is linear and there is one path to it. And they don't kind of think that, you know, sometimes your path actually goes away from your goal to loop back around to your goal, you know? So that's basically, that's the, the, the thing about coaches. They basically are able to see the path right? Like that's, that's a good coach. That's what they're able to see. They're able to go, okay, so this is the path we should take you on. Or this is one of the paths we could take you on. That's going to ultimately get you to your goal. Whereas you as an individual without this kind of experience, without this kind of knowledge, you're kind of left going like, he's like, I actually see all these paths or maybe you don't see half of these paths. And you're just kind of like, I, I see the endpoints. I see these big fucking totems in the air. And I'm like, that's, I know where I'm aiming towards, but I seem to never be able to get anywhere close to it. I go down this path and it leads me off to this path and this path and you're, you're never able to fully get to your goal. Right. So that's generally what coaching does. It's like, it's going to take your hand, bring you down a path and go, this is how we go about it. Right. But for you as an individual listening to this and you're kind of like, look, I don't have a coach. I don't have the money for a coach. I'm fucking, I just, I just need to get some help towards my goals. What you should do as an individual. And it's incredibly hard to do. And like, yes, we do have information on the website, eBooks, fucking whatever else. But even still, you might be like, look, I'm just not great at reading. I'm just not great at whatever. I just need some help. What you need to do is do this critical evaluation of yourself. We'll call it a needs analysis right? Where you need to do that first thing where you're kind of like, okay, so let me just think of all the goals that I have. I'm just going to do this brain fart onto a page, write down all my goals, like every single goal that you have, whatever the fuck it is. It could be, I want to overhead press a hundred kilos. It could be completely irrelevant to anything else. We're like, yeah, like this, this is just a goal that I'm in, in my head. This kind of fucking, it flirts with me sometimes. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that. Just write them all down. Right? Just all of them. Just get them all out into a page. Then start rank ordering them. You know, and like obviously when we do it, we have this kind of bigger or meta picture of it where it's like, yeah, muscle gain as a goal or fat loss or health or whatever. But you don't need to necessarily even break them down into that. You could just be like, these are my goals. I want to bench press 140 kilos. They could be very specific goals, you know, whatever it is. Just put them down and rank order them, right? Put them all in rank. Where you're like, these are my most prized goals. These are the things that I think or hope to bring me the most happiness or joy or whatever the fuck in achieving them, in accomplishing them, right? Rank order them, right? But then start seeing how, or doing this kind of needs analysis of what is actually going to allow you to achieve those specific goals? Like, for example, one of your goals might be to bench 140 kilos, 315 odd pounds, right? You're like, that's, that's my goal. That's what I want to achieve, right? That's one of your goals. And maybe you've ranked that as number one, right? And then you're like below it, you're like, oh, fat loss is one of my goals. And muscle gain is one of my goals. And some other things are your other goals right? So seeing your thing and then you do a critical evaluation of where you're at at the moment. You're like, yeah, I bench a hundred kilos, right? So you're 40 kilos off your goal, right? 
and you're like, that's, that's where I am at the moment. So where do I fall in relation to my other goals? Right. You're like, okay, so I'm actually way too high a body fat for what I actually want. Okay. So you're like, okay, well maybe I should start thinking about addressing that first, but is that going to detract from my main goal? And you're like, okay, maybe it is. Maybe being in a caloric deficit isn't going to lend itself to being the most efficient or strongest bench presser. Okay. So you can see that, okay, maybe that's taking me away from that ultimate goal. But then you look at your other goal and you're like, oh, muscle gain. You're like, okay, so that's, that's obviously going to hopefully help with the goal of benching 140 kilos. Right. So you can start going, okay, so those two goals, they kind of pair together. Those two goals, I can start accomplishing those two things at the same time. Right. But this fat loss goal, I can't really be accomplishing that at the same time as these other, other things. And that's not to say that, again, you can't gain strength or muscle in a deficit. I'm just saying big picture thing. It's probably not the most efficient way to go about things. So then you look at yourself and you do that critical evaluation and you're like, look, I'm actually just not happy with the way my physique looks. Right. And I think today I would be happier in myself, feel healthier, feel more energetic, be more likely to get to the gym, be more likely to engage in these healthful habits. If I was a little bit more confident in my physique, had a little bit less body fat. And while, yes, it takes away from my ultimate goal of benching that 140 or building muscle, you start seeing that path that maybe doing a phase where you're, you're still focusing on those other goals where you're like, yeah, I'm still doing my progressive overload in the gym. I'm still bench pressing. I'm still looking to gain muscle, gain strength in those areas, that movement. But my goal nutritionally, my goal lifestyle-wise, my goal overall is to drop a little bit of body fat first till I get to that comfortable level. And then I can start really pushing towards those two other goals that I have, which is muscle gain and the, the 140 kilo bench press, right? So you start creating that path, but it all starts from that process of, first of all, rank ordering your goals where you're like, these are the ones that I have. These are ones that kind of go together. They work well together. They pair well together. And these are ones that don't necessarily go with that, but maybe they're higher priority or lower priority or whatever. And you're kind of like, okay, so that makes sense with that. Then you do, an, you do a kind of needs analysis of what it would take to get to those goals, what's needed, for you as an individual, that kind of critical evaluation of yourself. And then you start creating, start crafting this path towards ultimately achieving those goals. And again, realizing that, you know, sometimes you're going to have to focus on one thing almost exclusively at almost even at the expense of these other things to eventually get back to actually hammering towards these other things. For example, another one could be, you know, your, your health is not in a great position. You know, you don't, you've a, a very high resting heart rate. Your blood glucose is kind of dysregulated. It's at the, the higher end of the range all the time when you are waking. If you're measuring HRV or whatever, that's always in a bad position. All these things you're like, okay, look, these kind of subjective, objective health measures are not in a great place. So maybe, you know, dieting or focusing on health for a while would be a good idea, even though it kind of detracts from your ultimate goal of being so big, you blot out the sun, you know, like what, whatever it is, you're going to have to do that kind of needs analysis. And sometimes it is going to be moving away from your ultimate goal to eventually go back to hammering towards your ultimate goal. So that then kind of moves into that thing we're going to talk about in a little while, which is setting these smaller goals or rather breaking these big long-term goals up into smaller parts but you've done anything to add there now gary no i don't think so because the next point that was actually just going to bring up was that kind of like 
bringing the macro down to the micro because that's ultimately the step that most people don't actually bother with i think yeah so as i was saying like you look at these kind of totems in the distance where you're like that's what i'm aiming towards I'm like, yeah the 140 the 140 bench that's that's the goal and that's all they seek like so in their mind that's that's the only thing there's no micro progression towards that like they're not they're not happy when they get a 120 bench it's like oh well it's not 140 you know i'm still not where i want to be even though they've added 20 kilos to their bench you know so that's that's one thing right and we'll kind of touch on stuff like that as well when we talk about these kind of inadequate feelings when comparing progress um but breaking your longer term goal or your bigger goal into smaller goals is a much easier way to actually achieve that goal. And again, like this stuff doesn't just apply to the gym. Like this is, this is life as well. Like there's that common enough saying where it's like, how do you eat an elephant? Like one bite at a time. Like that's, that's, that's how you go about achieving these goals. It's like, okay, well, what's the ultimate goal? Eat this elephant. Okay. You can't eat it in one whole bite. Like unless you're fucking some sort of mutant. Um, so you're going to have to do smaller bites. Like makes sense. Right. Until it's eventually, all gone easy makes makes a lot of sense but that's exactly what you have to do in the gym where you're like okay so ultimately this is the goal fat loss muscle gain health strength numbers performance resting heart rate whatever the fuck it is right and then you go where am i now you do that kind of critical evaluation that critical analysis of where you are right now you try to be as objective as possible not like yeah, like I know my bench is only this, but you know, the last while I haven't been focusing on it. And maybe, you know, one time in the past I did, I actually was stronger and like, you know, like none of that shit. Where are you right now? What right now? No, not your past, not your history. I don't care who you were when you were 19 years old. Like, who are you right now? Like, that's, that's what we need to know. That's the, the critical evaluation point. Then you can start going, okay, so I say these things are my goal. I'm going to break them down into smaller goals. But also in that process, I'm going to look at whether that is actually my goal. Right? And what I mean by that is, like, why did you pick the, the 140 kilo bench? Was it because you were hoping that a 140 kilo bench is going to lead to bigger chest muscles? Right? Because sometimes you will get lost in the process and not actually realize your actual ultimate goals. Right? Like, Again, like that, that's a, a classic example where you start going, okay, well, these inputs lead to this output. And what you're actually trying to influence is the output, but you become completely obsessed with the input, even if the output isn't changing, right? And again, that, the strength is a, a good one where people are like, oh yeah, well, I, I gained like 20 kilos on my bench press. Right? And you're like, yeah, that's fucking unreal because like, yeah, like you're getting stronger, whatever. But you look at them and it's like, your goal is actually to build a bigger chest, stronger chest, whatever it is. And the way you bench, it's pretty much all your fucking triceps. You know, it's like this. Yeah, you, you, have, a, you have a good bench, but it's not ultimately achieving your goal, your objective. You know, so it's like you have to be very clear in what your goal is. And again, that comes back to being honest with yourself and understanding your motivations for why you have certain goals, which is, again, it's, a, it's, a, it's an even deeper conversation than we could ever possibly have on the podcast because it's almost like you need to sit down with someone and really, really analyze why they are who they are, you know? But 
when you've when you've done that, then you start going into these kind of smaller, smaller goals that will add up over time. Like you look at it, and again, this is where you start designing that path where it's like, okay, so a 140 bench, that's what I want. I'm going to start thinking about where am I right now? So I know, we'll say 140 for one. You just want to do one rep with it. And you know you're at 100 for one right now. So then you look at what have I been doing? What has worked for me in the past? What do these other people that have a 140 bench or more say works for them? Let me start seeing if there's some commonalities or some things that are, you know, seem to be working in general for people that have this as a goal or want to do this. Like, okay, so yeah, and again, I'm talking about people that are in similar situations to you, which is something we'll touch on in a, a second as well. Um, like don't be comparing yourself to someone that's on fucking 10 grams of train a week and you literally have the most stressful job in the world and you can get to the gym twice per week. Like obviously that's not a fair comparison, you know, so it has to be like with like, you know, so you have to do that. And again, this, this especially applies to different body types, body sizes, we'll say, um, in terms of like, don't look to what made uh, this short armed bencher good at benching. You know, if you have this six foot eight wingspan of a bench, you know, so like, you have to look at someone that also has similar, similar enough uh, body to you. Like that, that's, you have to compare those things. Again, it has to be like to like. So doing that, then you start breaking it up into smaller goals. You go, okay, so what I want to really do now is slowly start to get stronger. So what can I do right now to influence my bench from going up from 100 kilos to 102.5 kilos? Like what's the smallest progression you can make, right? What can you do to slowly get it up to there? right? Then you look up that information, you find out information, you consult with other individuals, you talk to other individuals, you look at what other people have been doing, you go, okay, so this is my process. This is what I'm going to do to try influence that to get the smallest or biggest, hopefully, return on investment. You do that. You try it out for a block of training, two blocks of training, whatever. And then you evaluate how that went on. Because that's, again, something that people don't often do. They'll just kind of like, Oh, I've set my set my process in place, but I've never checked back with how I'm getting towards my goals. Like you see, people like I always just imagine that you have this like kind of progress bar over your head, where it's like you know everything you're doing is contributing to these goals. Like if you could see that every single day, you're like, oh, one percent, I gained one percent towards that goal. Like that would be so motivating, right? Whereas if you see no percent towards that goal, or the negative percentage towards that goal, like that would also be motivating where you're like, okay, so geez, I need to actually do these things to actually get what I'm looking to achieve. Right. But that's the way you have to essentially do it yourself in your head where you're like, I'm doing these things. I'm looking to get these outcomes. How are they influencing each other? Like, am I actually the inputs I'm putting in? Am I actually getting the outputs that I'm looking for? Right. And you have to continually critically evaluate that until you get to this process where you're like, okay, so it seems to be that if I do three sets of six to eight reps in the bench press for four weeks and I'm keeping one to two reps in reserve, I seem to get stronger in the bench press, right? It's like, okay, so now we start, we start getting this process. We're like, this is, this is good. Or maybe you start noticing you're like, yeah, if I do I don't know, dips, my bench press seems to really, really respond well to that. I do dips and whatever way it strengthens my chest, my shoulders, my triceps, whatever, it really has this carryover to my bench press. So I'm going to do more of those 
and oh yes, my bench press is increasing. You have to do this constant critical evaluation of how you are progressing towards those ultimate goals. And again, you've broken down that bigger goal, that 140 goal, and all you're looking for is 102.5. That's, that's all you care about. You're just like, I'm just looking for the 2.5 kg improvement on that, right? And that's what you look for. That's what you build on. You break those bigger goals into smaller goals, and then you start influencing those smaller goals. You're like, okay, what are the inputs I can do to slowly start changing those smaller goals until those smaller goals start adding up until I eventually reach my bigger goal? Does that make sense, Gary? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the, the bench press example is a good one because realistically, like, you know, people, people get stronger over long periods of time. And very often what happens when people set a strength goal is they're like, it's almost like this sporadic thing, you know, they've been training for three or four years, but they're like, but I've just decided I want to add, um, I want to add like 40 kilos to my bench. Okay. That's my goal. That, that like, that's what I want. And then they're think you ask them, it's like, oh yeah, how's your bench progress been over the last two years? And they're like, oh, I didn't really add much. I added maybe like just around five kilos or something. And then when you actually press them on that, it's like, what do you think we can actually do to get you to a 40, to add an extra 40 kilos to your bench in, in seemingly six to 12 months based on your goal, you know, realistically there's, there's nothing like that's fairly unlikely. So if you can, if you can actually like play it out a little bit more, and I think this is hard for people to do when you're early in your twenties, especially because you, you almost have this perspective that like life is pretty much over at 30. You know, that's so, that's so far away that it's like, it's never coming. But if you were to genuinely ask yourself and think about it, if you're 20 years old, let's say, you know, what would you be happy? You, you currently bench hundred kilos and you're like, what would, you, what would you be happy to be benching by the time you're 30? Like, I don't think most people will be like, oh yeah, 250 kilos. Like, it's unlikely. Most people don't see that weight being lifted very often. They might say something like, I don't know, I think it'd be cool to bench like 160. You know, that's a, it's a very decent bench. You know, you see some bench, someone bench 160, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty decent. They're, they're pretty strong. So that's 60 kilos over the course of like 10 years that you have to add to your bench. Okay. And when you break it down like that, it's like, all right, I have to add six kilos a year to my bench. And obviously it's going to be non-linear, but just for the sake of simplicity, right? You have to add six kilos per year. It's like, all right, what, what's that per month? It's like half a kilo a month. It's like when you break it down to that level, it makes it much easier to not just lose your shit when you're planning your training, because this is what people tend to do. They set the crazy bench press goal and then they're like, right, I got a bench like five times a week and I'm going to do like 12 sets per session because it's my goal. Whereas in fact, it's, it's, it's really ultimate, ultimately about breaking it down to the small behaviors that matter the most. Like it could be the case that you miss, you've over the last two years, you've missed every fourth bench, bench session um, and every third bench session you train with your friend and you just go in and max out and you don't follow your program. And then the occasional session You've got a bit of shoulder pain, so you kind of just you just do really light work and you don't do much. So you, as you begin to spot those little holes and you make your your small goals really you know very manageable, like a half kilo a month, six kilos a year, like that's a, a pretty decent, very realistic goal. And you spot you spot all those holes in your program, and then you just begin like you know putting tape over them. You're just you're just patching up all the holes. And then you start to just make small little adjustments over time. But that's very often like not what people do. The exact same thing happens with weight loss. You know, like my mom, my mom's probably a good example. Mothers are good examples in general. You know, they'll be like, I want to lose a stone. And it's like, okay, cool. And then they go to their Weight Watchers or Slimming World weigh-in. And they're like, 
oh, I only lost a pound this week. Mary lost like 12 pounds. <laughs> you know, I only, I only lost a pound. And it's like, yeah, like, are you, are you not planning on keeping this going? Like, you know, in three months time, you'll have lost that stone and it'll be gone. And it's like, oh, all right. You know, if you just achieve that small little bit of progress, really small bits over time, you actually, it actually does really accumulate. And the same thing happens with, with studying and stuff like that. Like people, people always ask us for like advice about, oh, you know, the best study tips and how to, how to really knuckle down and focus. When in fact, it's like, just, just set a basic habit that you do 30 to 30 to 60 minutes of reading a day. Like that's quite a bit. I'd start at 10 minutes. Yeah. Literally just be like, right, look, you've never studied in your life before. You've never sat down. Can you do five minutes? Like literally just five minutes. Do that. Yes. And then just micro progression from there. And that's, that's ultimately what you're talking about. It's just like, what, what are these small, easy micro progressions you can do? And mm-hmm. again, like I know we're talking about the gym, but it applies to everything. Like we've, we've talked about this before where people kind of ask us like, oh, how do I wake up early in the morning? And you're just kind of like, why, why do you want to wake up early in the morning? Like you already waste four hours per day on social media. Like what do you think waking up earlier is going to accomplish? You already have an easy win there. Just get rid of those four hours of social media and then all of a sudden you have four hours extra in your day. You don't have to change your sleep schedule at all. You just have opened up four hours extra in your day. So again, like you're saying, like you're just kind of like, look at these little things where you're like, I can just patch that up. I can just fix that. I can just micro progression here. And it, it does all accumulate. Yeah. And I think like, I think when people set goals, they, they never, they never look back. And I think it's really important to look back because realistically your last year of your life, like it's probably going to give us a good idea of what your next year is going to be like. You know, for most people, most of the time, that's true. You may have had a big a calling, you know, your whole life has changed and you change everything about yourself and that, and that might totally change the way you live your life. But most of the time, like your last year is probably going to be very similar to, to the way you live next year in terms of like, like if you look into your bank account and you, and you actually look into, you know, if you've got like online banking, you can see your expenditure each month, you know, how much you spend on, spend on each, on each, on each thing over time. You know, some of those will be direct debits. Some of those will be coffees. Some of those will be, you know, the, the, the time you eat out at the weekend. And there's all these little things that you never actually see until you look, because they're all just these small behaviors that you're not even thinking about when it comes to your behavior change, you know, and, and that saving is another good example. You know, when you're trying to save money, people are like, well, I'm going to put away 50% of my income every week. And it's like, you know, just delete a few of the subscriptions that you've got, you know, stop drinking coffee, bring a flask from home, you know, all these, all these little things that you, you just don't think about. So it, it is important to, to look back and to ask yourself, right, what have I been doing until now? What problems could potentially be there? And what are the easiest little things that I could fix? Because there are, there are so many easy things that you could fix. Like, for example, the, the time on the phone is a good one. Like people who do spend four hours, five hours on social media a day, I think the average is five hours. Um, the average, average like screen time is around five hours. So, so like that's a lot, you know, and it's not a case of being like, oh, you're a bad person. Like try and do zero hours. It's like, no, like why don't you actually just start with right four and a half hours and now you've got a half an hour that you can either prep your meals you can get a decent run in. You could actually do a full workout in if you were smart with your programming or you could go and do some study. It's like all of those things over time lead to very meaningful changes in your quality of life. And it's just 30 minutes. So, you know, you do, you do have to view it on that micro level if, if you want to make meaningful change over time. 
Right, so I think that hopefully, well, hopefully it does uh, set people up in terms of thinking about these kind of goals, like actually setting goals in a kind of more solid framework. But then what I also want to touch on is the, well, some, some of the reasoning behind why people set these mega goals and why people fail them. And one of them is because they look at what other people are doing and they compare themselves to those other people. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is like you'll see someone that, I don't know, has a following that you want or has a, a physique goal that you want or has a strength goal or has a health goal, whatever the fuck, whatever goal it is, you know? And again, this is life as well too, you know, this kind of keeping up with the Joneses type mentality, right? When, when you do that, like you don't, like you have to compare yourself to the same standards the same criteria right and this is something that's really like incredibly hard to do on social media because like you don't actually get a glimpse into someone's life from social media like all you get is the most fleeting of glimpses not even into their life this fleeting glimpse of a life they want to show you right and i know social media everyone always says that where they're like oh well this is just real life i'm just showing myself or whatever but even that stuff is like curated that stuff is tailored like that still probably took about 50 fucking selfies to get that picture you know so it's like that's also not reality even if they're trying to be uh real talk or whatever the fuck you know so you have to realize that and you as an individual can't compare yourself to someone that is in a completely different situation. And then we've talked about it before, like everyone wants to be an individual until we start talking about outcomes. And then all of a sudden everyone wants to be someone else. You know, everyone wants, Oh, like, I want to be individual. I want to do things my way. I want to do this. But then it's like, Oh, well, these people have earned millions. Oh, well, like I should, I should be able to do that. Or these people have like physical physiques that are idolized. Oh, I should be able, you know, it's like, you you have to you have to own you being an individual you know and that that means that you have this responsibility to well take responsibility for your life and again like this this kind of everyone hates the term responsibility because we have this dichotomous thought process or this false equivalence thought process where we think like fault and responsibility are the same thing you know and they have the same kind of negative connotation where it's like something can be your responsibility but it's not your fault you know like if you have poor socioeconomic background you know and as a result you have ill health or poorer health you know because you've never had access to good nutrition advice good food good whatever the fuck you you just you you live in a poorer socioeconomic demograph and as a result you just don't have this higher standard of living right that's not your fault like you were born into that right but it's your responsibility to get out of it like no one else can yeah okay we can say like oh we can give you money or we can give you these resources or we can do whatever but like even if you just give someone something it doesn't actually influence the outcome that you want always and what i mean by that is like yes like you can pretty much be assured that if you're in someone that is in this low socioeconomic environment and i give you enough money that you don't have to be poor and are actually able to afford food like we can be pretty assured that 
you're going to pay your money for food or you use your money for food to some extent, you know, like it might not be to the same extent that some people say you should. Like there's always this conversation, especially like in America and stuff where they use like EBT cards and stuff and you know, that kind of, it's like, you know, what we use that kind of dull stuff for, you know, and it's like, you see people like eating lobster and stuff. They are, they always use these kind of exaggerated people where it's like, yeah, they're using these things where it's supposed to be for like survival food and they're using it for fine dining. Like you're always going to have this exaggerated hyperbolic, like uh, meme essentially. And, um, but you can be pretty much assured that if you do give people money, they're going to spend it on food and that's going to influence the outcome to some extent, but it's also not going to influence the outcome entirely because just because you have access now to food doesn't mean you know what good food is. doesn't mean you know how to effectively manage that money. It doesn't mean you've mastered all these kind of, we'll call them soft skills associated with that, you know, like, and that's, that's stuff that takes time, you know, um, and obviously education and, obviously that education is a responsibility that you have to undertake yourself. Like you be, there's information free all over the internet, but it's still your responsibility to go out and find it. If you want to know it, like, it's not like, it's not like we're in the matrix and I can just upload something into your brain and you just know it now forever. Like that's, we're not at that stage. Maybe we will get to that stage one day, but we're not there yet. So ultimately it's your responsibility to go out and actually do these things you know and and this this going back to what we were saying is is the kind of thing that people fall down on with comparing themselves on social media like they'll compare themselves to someone that doesn't have the the situation that they have like you're comparing yourself to someone that can train whenever the fuck they want like their only job is to be a social media influencer you know like it doesn't matter if they're like ah look you know, I actually woke up a little bit tired today. I'm actually just going to sleep in because the only thing I have on my schedule today is to go to the gym for two hours. And the only thing else I have to do after that is just take a sick pic for Instagram, lash it on Instagram, and we're good. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's their day, you know? And you're comparing that because they can just sleep in. They're like, oh, I'm tired today. I'll just sleep in. You're comparing that to yourself who's trying to get a gym session in before work. You know, it's fucking, you used to wake up at 5 a.m. Every morning, you're groggy, you're wiping sleep out of your eyes, and you're just like, oh, I just don't want to fucking do this, you know? And then you're like, oh, like one of the kids was up last night sick, you know, or they were crying and like they had a nightmare, whatever the fuck. You have all these other things, these other responsibilities that you are in charge of, these other stressors, whatever the fuck. And you're trying to compare your progress to someone who literally is living this carefree, happy-go-lucky life where it's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm sorted. I'm an influencer, you know? And you're trying to compare yourself to that. And it's like, that's, that's just an unrealistic comparison. That's just not a fair comparison for you. Like if someone else said that they were comparing themselves, like for example, like if your girlfriend came to you, Gary, and she was like, Oh, Gary, I feel really bad because I'm looking at these people that have, I don't know, fucking fake lips, fake boobs, fucking whatever. And I'm comparing myself to them. You, like you would look at that and be like, why are you comparing yourself to them? Like this is, this, this is not, like, why do you value that, first of all? But it's also, like, why, like, that, this is not a, a fair comparison. Like, you're looking at someone that has paid for these things. They just got, like, silicone injected into them or not injected into them, surgically attached to them. And it's like, this, you, you, like, you're not comparing the same thing here. 
you know, so it's, it's not a fair comparison. But unfortunately, that's, that's the kind of stuff that occurs on social media. It's like you're comparing yourself to, first of all, again, this hyperbolic image of someone that they've curated to make look a certain way, to make their lifestyle look a certain way, you know, and they've posed for the photo, they've done whatever, and they have no stress in their life. They have no extra stuff. Like you see people like, again, complaining on social media, you see bodybuilders do it as well, like all the time. And it's like, this is, this is like the easiest thing ever you appear to be doing and you're complaining about it. Like it's like a privilege is what you're doing, you know? But then people start comparing themselves to that, not realizing, well, maybe they do realize, but not being able to step back and actually, you know, be objective with it. And they're kind of like, oh, well, why am I in this position? Or why don't I have this look? Or why don't I have this physique? Or why don't I have this outcome? Whatever it is. And it, it, it kind of, it baffles me sometimes. But at the same time, like, I've, I've done that so many times. You know, and it's like, it's kind of hard to see yourself in that position when you're in that position. What are your thoughts on that, Gary? Yeah, and I think one of the bigger problems as well is that, like, like it is a good, I think it is, of course, like what we're not saying is like, you shouldn't strive for the people that are, that are to be like the people that are the best at what they do that you want to do. Like, yeah, you should. But the, what, what we're often seeing when it comes to like body composition outcomes and physique stuff is you're actually, you're, you're trying, you're setting a goal based on someone that was actually pretty much selected to be in the position that is in front of your eyes. As in, by virtue of them having a large following, you know, the fact that they have a large following, the fact that they, they are an influencer, like it's, it's pretty much solely because they're an outlier. Like that, that's why it's like, it's because this person is, you know, really good looking, they're going to sell products. And they had this unreal response to training and just happened to have the, the, the perfect genetics for, you know, to be a fitness model. And it's like, that's not to take away from their work, like not at all, you know, more power to people who are in that position, not at all. But what you have to realize is that there are certain advantages that may have been built in that you may not actually be able to achieve. And, and that, that's, that's the, diff, the difficult part of it. You know, it's, it's a bit like people just assuming that, if they want to get better as a powerlifter, they have to compare themselves to like Larry Wheels or Dan Green or, you know, the guys that are at the absolute, you know, elite level. And it's like, it's not just a case of following their program and then getting there. And it's the same thing when it comes to the influencers, but it's even, it's even more, um, more radical because essentially all the lifestyle factors that you talked about, you know, it's not, it's not just a case that you don't have as much time to go to the gym but it's also a case that the additional stressors and the additional, you know, potential sleep deprivation, et cetera, also affects your results negatively. So you've got multiple things that are essentially working against you. So while you can, you can, you can aim at those targets for inspiration, and I think you should, like I think some people get too realistic in their goal setting and they don't actually aim high at all. You still should be aiming high and, and, and overshooting to some degree, but you don't want to be waking up every day and doing that as like your, your day-to-day measurement like the only thing you should like it's obviously ridiculously cliche but the only thing you should be comparing yourself to like day-to-day is like who you were yesterday or last week or last month because if it's if it's just someone else all the time then one you may never get there so you may just be unhappy and not satisfied for, for the rest of your life and and two you know you may eventually get there but you're not going to enjoy the process in the meantime so you got you got to the only way you can accept those wins is if you're able to appreciate the fact that you are making progress and that you're, you're actually doing a good job assuming you are so 
And it's, it does also actually work the opposite way. And one of the things you brought up was like, you know, powerlifters and stuff comparing themselves to like Larry Wheels or Dan Green. Like you'll see this with people that, you know, we'll, we'll say like someone who takes like, I don't know, steroids or something. Like they still compare themselves to natural lifters. You know, when it's like, you, like you've, you've gone past that. Like, and obviously we can talk about a fucking fake natty debate or whatever. But what I mean is like someone who is relatively large or whatever, and they then compare themselves to smaller natural lifters and they're like, oh, these guys are so fucking small. And it's like, yeah, but you, you, once you take steroids, you've left that bracket, right? You're now in the bracket of steroid users, right? So it, it, you're now at the bottom of that totem pole or that fucking, that category. You know, you don't, you can't compare yourself to someone that's in a different category. You have to compare yourselves to fucking, I don't know, Brandon Curry or fucking whatever. You, like, you'd be like, okay, well, why am I as big as those guys? You know, like, that's, that's what you're now comparing to. Like, again, like I always think is like, people say shit about like uh, bodybuilding and they're like, it kind of, it, it kind of fucks my brain. Cause I'm like, if you go down that route, and then you complain that oh, all these top guys are on more drugs. I'm like, it's just such a cop out because it's like, well then do more drugs. Like that's, it's a simple, simple solution. You know, it's not like that, like that, that's, if you go into a non, non-tested federation and you then complain that these other individuals are doing more drugs than you, it's like, then just do more drugs. You know, it's like, this is, this is not a fair comparison. It's like, you're still, you're just making excuses for why you're not higher up than what you want to be, which is the exact same thing that people do with their physiques, with their thing, natural, enhanced, whatever. And it's like this, this whole thing, it's like people end up never being happy. There's always someone else that's better than you, better looking than you, richer than you, fucking bigger dick than you, whatever the fuck it is, whatever metric you want to measure, there is someone better than you, you know, like very, very few people are the best in the world at a certain thing, right? And very, very few people are the best in the world at everything. In fact, there's probably no. <laughs> so you have, to, you have to keep that in mind, especially if you have multiple goals and you have multiple lifestyle variables that you know, maybe these people that you're following or looking up to don't have to contend with. You know? So like Ari said, it's, it, it ends up being, you, the only fair comparison is you to you. It's like, where were you yesterday? Who were you yesterday? What were you yesterday? Are you doing the things that are needed to get you better tomorrow? Today, you know, like that's, that's essentially what you want to do, you know? So this comparison where you kind of look at other people, it, it's just not a fair comparison, you know? And this is also true as well, especially in the fitness industry. For guys, first of all, because the vast majority of people you look up to in the fitness industry are five foot five, right? They weigh about, yeah. weigh about 80 kilos or not even 80 kilos, 70 kilos. So they look jacked as fuck, you know, but you're six foot two or whatever. And you're like, Jesus, I don't look that big, but you stand beside them in person and you just tower over them. Like you look way bigger than them. You're also a hundred kilos or whatever. So that's not a fair comparison first of all, right? And for females, man, I would absolutely hate to be a female. Man, people in the fitness industry, you can get away with being a fitness influencer purely based on having a favorable fat distribution profile. Like you could literally, literally, like as a female, 
the both the easiest thing ever and the hardest thing ever because it's easy in the fact that all you have to do is be born with favorable fat storage as long as you store fat in your titties and your ass you're, you're pretty good to go in the fitness industry you know on instagram on all these social media platforms as long as you don't mind you know wearing a bikini or wearing like scantily clothes or whatever man you're fucking you're golden as long as you store body fat in your titties and your ass like you're good you know so really easy in that regard also <laughs> way way harder in the other regard because if you don't have that man fuck you have to compete with that someone that just has these quote-unquote optimal genetics for this and then you're always going to be left comparing yourself to them and you're like all right well i have fucking 32 double a's i like i can't get my fucking titties out here you know it's like i also tend to store body fat on my abdomen and not my ass so what, what the fuck can i do you can train your ass off and you can, if you compare yourself to these individuals or worse still do the exercises that these individuals tend to propagate you're just always going to be left disappointed you know so for guys for girls you're both left in a, a shit position unless you actually compare yourself to yourself you know yeah so like again you can definitely use the individuals that you want to look like or you want to perform like as inspiration and i think you should but what you should take away from it is more so like all right what sort of things can i take away from their process you know as opposed to their outcome because like it's pointless to wake up every day and to just consider the outcome like some people might work like that like some people might have i don't know a poster of rob lipset on the wall or something and they wake up every day and they're like i want to be like rob you know and that's fine you know if you look up to him you know he's a great guy and you should look up to him but you know if you if, you, if that's the way you, you compare yourself every day i'm like all right that's probably not like the best thing to do but there you go um so take take away the process like if we stick with that with that example of, of, of rob or whatever like instead of instead of thinking going on to like rob lipset's instagram and being like all right i want to look like him like gonna look like him now in this year you should actually think right you know how long has how long has rob been training right he's been training for about a decade um okay over the last four years of his youtube videos he's been tracking his macros and his calories like all the time consistently you know didn't 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 go out drinking that much with the lads you know rarely missed workouts and stuff like that and it's like okay they're probably the things that you could take away from that example you know, from, from someone that you might look up to, you're actually thinking about what they're doing. And then you do that on average across multiple different people, because there's going to be outliers. Like you're going to find some lad that like goes to Ibiza all the time and just eats pizza and he's in savage shape. And it's like, all right, maybe don't take that process. But on average, like if you look across people, across people you look up to, you'll see a lot of commonalities. And then you take away those, those processes, those, those behaviors, and essentially start to make those micro goals like we discussed you know because if you if you look to your your favorite fitness model or whatever what you're going to see is they they probably gain most of their muscle in their first few years and maybe they've gained a kilo a year if they're lucky for the last five years you know so, that, so then you have to think all right is, is it likely that i'm gonna somehow gain five kilos a year every year probably not so so yeah it can be it can be a positive thing if you know how to use those comparisons at or as as inspiration and what you can and to to take the right things away from them yeah and that was kind of the final thing that i wanted to touch on was you also have to look at things on the grander scale like comparing yourself to someone's essentially end point 
and then you being at your start point is the most unfair comparison ever, right? Because like you could have the most sickening muscle building genetics ever, you know, like you could just be a complete hyper responder. But you, if you compare yourself to someone at their end phase, like end goal, like again, we'll just use Lipset as a, as a, uh, an archetype. You know, if you just compare yourself to where he is now, and don't compare yourself to where he was when he started, you know, it's just not a fair comparison. And that can lead you down the road of just being like, oh, look, I don't look like that right now. So fuck this. I'm obviously not good at training. I'm obviously just not meant for this. I'm not getting the results that he has. I don't look like him. I don't whatever. So, you know, fuck this, you know, but because you haven't put in the two to three years, to five years to 10 years to actually see where your genetics can take you, like it's just not a fair comparison. Whereas if you look at someone that you look up to and you look, okay, well, where did they start out? And you're like, oh, geez, actually, we were fairly similar in terms of our body types starting out. And this person has unreal like results. Maybe if I just stick with it, like they've actually been training for 10 years. So I just have to stick with it for 10 years and I'll be in a good position, hopefully, you know? And again, that's, that's, that's something that you really kind of forget is a thing like you just kind of think of like the present day right now right this very second you know and you, you should be looking into the past and that's not to say that you know what these individuals did to get to that position is always the most optimal or right or beneficial or whatever but you still have to look to the past to what they did to where they were to who they were and to how they got to the point that you ultimately want to to get to you know so you have to compare like to like whatever way you, you fucking cut it. You have to compare like to like, and that in, involves both that temporal thing and that spatial thing where it's like this, the time point has to be the same, has to be a spare comparison. And also it has to be a fair comparison in terms of, you know, we'll say anthropometry in terms of your physiques. Like you, you can't compare yourself. Like if I was comparing myself to someone that was five foot five and look at their muscle building capacity and, look at myself and I'm like six foot five and a half. It's like, that's, it's just not a fair comparison. If I try to do what they try, they do, like, it's just not going to be the same. Like even down to like exercise selection and stuff. It's like, this is again, a, a larger discussion where you see people be like, Oh, this is the one exercise. And it's like, yeah, that's the one exercise for you because your body is perfectly suited to that exercise. You get a great response from it. Whereas like mine, it's just not, you know? So when you look at someone's process, you have to compare like to like, and you have to actually look at what, what was the overarching like central themes that ran through this that eventually led them to the point that they're at, you know, that that's what you ultimately have to do rather than this, like, oh, geez, he's fucking Jack. You know, I, I have, to, I have to be that tomorrow. You know, it's just, it's just not, it's not realistic. It's not a fair comparison. And it actually more often than not deters you from ultimately achieving your goals. Cause I know so many lads that actually have unreal genetics for muscle building, but because they don't end up after 12 weeks looking like their favorite fucking YouTuber or whatever, they're like, Oh no, fuck this shit. Like I'm fucking, I'm just not arsed anymore. And it's like, and you got, you literally gained like six kilos in those 12 weeks of muscle. If you just continue doing this, even if we half that rate for the next 12 weeks and half it again, you're going to be fucking huge. You're going to be jacked in like fucking two to three years. 
But it's like, nah, they just not ours. Fuck that. And I always think that as well. Like people always talk about like, oh, uh, you know, these people are just the outliers and fucking whatever. And it's like we're we're actually discussing outliers of outliers because I know so many people that have way better muscle building genetics, way better fat loss genetics, muscle insertions, shape, whatever. And they're just like, yeah, I just train for fun or whatever. Like I know one guy he just fucking works in finance, and uh, one guy physiotherapy, and like. They are the most, actually, one of Lippy's friends, right, is the most aesthetic individual I have ever seen in my life. And he's just like, no, no, I actually just rather have a real job and just, you know, do that. He just train, trains for the crack, like, you know? So it's like, you, you have to actually realize that the, not only are these the outliers of the outliers that are doing well in the fitness industry or whatever, but also if they were to compare themselves to other people, they ain't worth fucking jack shit. Those other people are just focusing on other things, you know? So like the king can always be dethroned. So you have to keep that in mind when you, when you look at the, the people you look up to. It's like, well, like, yes, like Ari said, you can definitely use them for inspiration, motivation, information, but ultimately it's you as an individual that has to take responsibility and go about achieving your goals. Yep. And it all becomes really simple in the long term. It's just about actually sticking with it in the short term. Cause like, I mean, if you were to ask like, right, how do you, how do you actually gain loads of muscle over time? It's like try, focus on trying to increase your 10 rep max on all of your lifts annually and gain a few kilos a year. Simple. There you go. That's it. Like that's pretty, that's most of it. You have to be gaining weight over time and you have to probably increase your rep maxes uh, across, across multiple sets is probably advisable on, you know, a handful of lifts that train most of your muscles and you're going to gain a lot of muscle over time. But it's, it's the, it's the, what do they call it? Fuck around itis that happens in between that time. And that tends to mess people up because what tends to happen is, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, you start to see different people doing different things. You don't have like a guiding path. You don't have like basic behaviors in place. So you're just chopping and changing all the time. And then you're there after two years and you're like, oh God, I actually didn't make any progress. I haven't changed. But but I just followed this new guy and he's got the answer. And you kind of keep going like that. So so yeah, things, you know, we talk about complicated things sometimes. We try and, you know, delve into like what the research says about stuff. But at the end of the day, the long-term things that you actually need to do to be in good shape are very simple in theory, but, but much more difficult in practice. So, so that's why that kind of micromanagement of your behaviors is, is probably your, your best way forward while still having some guiding path as well, for sure. 100%. So I think that covers everything. Um, a few tangents, as per usual. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to add to this, Barry? Um, no, but I, I think I think this should hopefully hopefully be a useful podcast considering, as you said at the start, we always say, you know, depending on your goals. And I think this is a necessary podcast to be able to integrate some of the other information that we discussed. I think if you listen to the the the, the generalist approach podcast and you listen to this podcast, I think it's I think if you're that type of person who has all of the goals but no guiding path, I think this should really put you in a better place in terms of trying to understand like what you need to do and, and how you need to go about it. And obviously all the other episodes and the information on site is going to be helpful too. Um, but yeah, hopefully 
hopefully you know where you're going. And if, if not, if you have no idea what to do, you know, you listen to the podcast, you're like, oh, I just need some, I just need to ask you guys additional questions. That's what the Facebook group is for. So make sure you're in there. You know, some will be posting form checks and questions, etc. And that's what you want. You want to build a little bit of a community. So get involved. Yep. Or obviously, if you do have very, very specific needs, questions, whatever, coaching is always an option. So that's the brief yep. that on page done. The link is in the description. You know yourself. Link. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like Ari said, at the end of the day, we are trying to build a community in the Facebook group. So it does help us. It does help you to actually get your ass in there. Um, yeah, I actually don't think I have anything else to add to that. Um, we will eventually, like eventually, eventually be putting some kind of articles together on needs analysis, analysis, uh, goals, goal setting, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Both in the uh, nutrition section and the training section. Um, so if you're not reading the articles on site, just realize if you're not reading the articles on site and you're just listening to the podcast, realize that you're missing maybe 90% of the information. Maybe, if not more. That's um, and like ultimately, that is our goal is to build the resource where you guys can all go to and just be like, all right, actually, I can find out all the information that I need on specific topics, whatever it is. And also, there is a community that can help me answer questions or help my thought processes around whatever issues you're having. Because that's ultimately what we want to achieve. We want to help as many people as we can actually get access to the information that they need and also understand the information that they need. Because like that's, that was the biggest thing that both myself and Gary were seeing within the fitness industry was, yeah, there is information available. And like I said earlier on, like, you could be in a position where you just don't have the resources to actually understand this information or to actually apply this information. And that could be, again, through no fault of your own. So that's ultimately what our goal is to actually help and empower as many people as possible to actually understand what needs to be done, what is effective and what's not or whatever uh, within both training and nutrition and basically how to create better humans humanoids um so that's what we're trying to do on flight so if you're not there you are missing out on that um we do have then the beginner's ebook available so if you are in your first one to three years of training that covers a lot like we're making some more ebook template type things and it kind of goes on the prerequisite that you've already read the beginner's ebook or at least have the knowledge that is in the beginner's ebook. Because like, this is one of those things where it's actually quite annoying because people think they're more advanced than they are. And what I mean by that is they think they know more than they are or more than they do. And like, you'll say something cause someone will say to you like, Oh yeah, I have like five years training experience. And then you'll say something which we would consider very, like basic knowledge and they just have no, no idea about that. You know, and you're kind of like, I like, I now have to question your entire knowledge base. You know, it's like, well, I don't like, I don't know what you actually know. 
and because you don't know this fundamental thing it's like i i don't know anything that you know now i don't know if you know anything at all you know so we kind of go on on the prerequisite that you either have the knowledge or that you've read the beginner ebook and then the templates will then allow you to kind of more put things into an applicable manner if that makes sense you know where you're just like oh that's these are some templates that i could follow and i know why and how to adjust them over time based on my needs you know so they will be coming out soon and we do still have online coaching spaces available we do have group coaching you know yourself that's what we got and um, i'm nothing else to add about you nope i think that's that's pretty good stuff Right, fantastic. It literally is too easy. <laughs>